is the DMB Report podcast for August 2016, where you are covered and smothered in everything college football. Welcome to the DMB Report podcast for August 2016, where you are covered and smothered in everything college football. Welcome everyone to the podcast. This is actually podcast number two. My name is Dan Bennett, uh, your host, always joined with my counterpart, DMB Report senior writer, David Dorsey. Dave, it's time for some football. Man, Dan, it's been a long offseason, it seems like. You know, the last time we did this was several months ago, and we were just really excited to, to talk about recruiting and National Signing Day, and, and it seems like that was in some ways just yesterday and some days, you know, a year ago. But, man, I tell you what, I am ready for some football. I'm ready to talk about this first uh, weekend of huge games and a little bit more diving in the SEC. So uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. and I'm looking forward to another great season of football. Yeah, it's definitely exciting, and uh, it's it's one of these rare treats. You, know, you and I have discussed, you know, offline. I mean, September third um, is just a, a bunch of awesome football games. You can kind of tell the college football playoff effect with strength of schedule, and you know, obviously, what we're going to focus in on today is uh, some of the SEC games, five to be exact. But you couldn't ask for a better uh, slate of games. It's almost better not to be at one of these games so you can sit up on with the big screen tv and and take a look at what's going on but uh it's gonna be awesome i look forward to discussing it with you so i figured we'd start out uh in order of when these games kick off so september 3rd at 3 30 p.m we have number five lsu at lambeau field in green bay wisconsin big deal uh taking on the wisconsin badgers uh this is the first time actually the badgers have ever gotten to play at Lambeau Field, so I know it's a huge deal for them. My question to you, Dave, is do they have a chance? Well, I tell you what, I, you know, if you're a fan of Big Ten football or any, you know, team up there in that area, certainly in Wisconsin, how awesome is this? Getting to play at Lambeau Field and you're hosting it, and it's not like, you know, Northeastern State. I mean, this is LSU coming to town. Uh, I think this game is going to be a bloodbath, a physical battle in the trenches. I mean, Wisconsin is always, even back to the, even before uh, Bilema was there, they've always been a pounded team, run it between the tackles, man up, uh, man on man, hat on hat, and let's see who is just bigger and badder. And I expect this game to be very much that same way. At the end of the day, I think it will be a fourth quarter game, but uh, LSU's got Leonard Fournette and Wisconsin does not. And I think at the end, it will just be too much for Nep. It'll be a great stage for him to kick off his Heisman campaign. And I think LSU wins it by uh, about a touchdown uh, with a lot of Leonard Fournette, over 100 yards, uh, a lot of Leonard Fournette, especially in that fourth quarter, running the clock out. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think, you know, the home field advantage for them maybe gets Wisconsin three points, somewhere two and a half to maybe three points, uh, um, you know, uh, kind of head start thing, if you want to say that. But I think I think you're right. I think LSU is just going to be too much. Uh, Wisconsin is just going to face the beast with you now they're they're built in, for Big Ten football where they play a lot of power running backs and, and kind of eye formation type things. But uh, they're going to see nothing like this. I mean, Leonard Fournette, I expect, is really going to have his way, really wearing them down in time. I see it being anywhere over a 10-point game. I just don't think Wisconsin can hang in there. And 
you know, we'll see what Les Miles does and Cam Cameron. If they're going to open this offense up like you know, everybody's talking about, it'll be interesting to see what this LSU team could do because if they are able to do something and really show something in that first week that might be different from their M.O. for the past, you know, seven, eight years, they could definitely be a force to reckon with not only in the SEC but nationally. But I just think uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be awesome. But then after that, I think it's going to be all LSU. So I agree with you there. Well, and the last thing, as you alluded to with Cam Cameron, getting a little more creative with the offense, obviously the LSU quarterback is going to be key on this. Can he develop from last year? And speed. LSU's got plenty of speed. Wisconsin's not known for speed. Uh, So I think at the end of the day, if Cameron can dial up and get those playmakers, uh, get them the ball in space, right, I think it just Wisconsin's not going to have enough in the fourth quarter to hold them off. All right, Dave, next we've got at uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, number 18 Georgia Bulldogs, facing uh, North Carolina, number 22, ranked in the country. This is going to be an interesting uh, matchup. Kirby Smart's first game, a lot of expectations, right or wrong, you know, uh, with him coming in here. we got, I mean, a lot of storylines with the quarterbacks uh, against a good UNC team. This is a team that's not that different uh uh, from the Coastal Division winners last year playing Clemson in the uh, ACC championship game. What's your take on this one? Well, I'd say well, this one uh, scares me a lot if I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. Uh, you've got an explosive UNC offense going up against a an experienced UGA secondary, but not very experienced in the front seven. Um, I think if this is a Mark Rick coached team, in this game, I think that uh, Georgia finds a way to lose this game. I think this is just one of those uh, pre, you know, early season games uh, with a very tough opponent that Georgia just in the past just didn't show up for. And I think what you always saw in a Nick Saban coach team was uh, the ability to get a team ready in these early season big time matchups. And I expect nothing different from Kirby. I think uh, you're going to see Grayson Lambert come out as the starter. And I think uh, he will do what he does, which is not make mistakes. Um, you're going to get a lot of Nick Chubb and hopefully some Sony Michelle as well if he can come back from the forearm injury. And I think, again, another fourth-quarter game. The, uh, the hometown atmosphere will help the Bulldogs, and uh, Nick Chubb will go over 100 yards, and it'll be just too much on the ground for UNC. I think Georgia wins it by about four late in the game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with with the assessment there of the scoring. I think it's going to be close, closer than what the Dogs fans are going to want it to be, especially for his first game. But uh, the, the Tar Heels are a legit, you know, competitor in this game, and I think it could be a situation early. What they don't want to have uh, Georgia have happen is, uh, and Georgia's no slouch on defense. They might be thin across the defensive line currently, but they've definitely got some experience. You know, but UNC is going to come out there and start slinging it around. They just got to kind of weather the storm because I think uh, North Carolina is going to try to test uh, the defensive backs early and try to jump on them early. You know, what Georgia doesn't want to have happen is all of a sudden it's 14 nothing, And the UNC offense can definitely do that, you know, with the right breaks while Georgia's still trying to figure out how they're going to run, how they're going to go about it, especially with the quarterback situation. I agree with you. Uh, but I think um, – you know, Jacob uh, Eason's going to come in at some point in that game and play. I mean, he's big-time recruit. Everybody's looking forward to, to seeing what he can do. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be close, but I definitely think it should be a game the dogs win. Well, and I think you bring up an interesting point. Uh, I do think at some point Georgia could be behind in this game. I, I, I think it could be very early, like you mentioned. Uh, Carolina gets on them, has a couple of big plays. 
Uh, Georgia's MO is going to be, you know, slow and steady, a lot of hands off, a handoff to the running backs, uh, pound and ground, and not they're not going to throw it 40 times. And I think it could be a situation where Georgia does get down, but uh, if the fans can hang in there, uh, Kirby's defense will bow its head. Uh, they're very talented in the front seven. They're just not very experienced, and I think that we will be able to get some pressure. The dogs will be able to get some pressure. Uh, again, Georgia's strength is the secondary, so that makes uh, should make a dog fan feel a little bit better. Uh, Georgia may be behind early, but they're going to pull it out late, um, probably with a long Nick Chubb touchdown run that will have the fans jumping out of their seats. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kirby gets a W there, which would be uh, definitely a nice start, especially with all the buildup. Be definitely good in the Georgia Dome and uh, should be exciting. So I can't wait to see what, what they do. I think it's going to be great. So let's move on. Uh, we're going to move out to Jerry's World at 8 p.m. We've got uh, number 20, Southern California, versus number one, Alabama. Uh, you know, for Bama, this isn't uh, anything new for them uh, doing uh, at Dallas, uh, Texas Stadium there because they've done, they opened up there last year. They played the semifinal uh, game against Michigan State last year there, and they were there again a few years back playing uh, Michigan uh, Wolverines. Um, and it's one of those things where for Alabama, this could be an interesting thing. The, the, the first 22 for USC is pretty good. They got great skill people, but really the depth after that is where it gets questioned. And you know, all reports is Alabama's defense is, is supposed to be as good or better than it was last year. Now, that doesn't always happen the first game. Uh, and they've got a lot of question marks as well uh, coming with quarterback, trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be. I think it's going to be very similar to a Georgia situation where you have Cooper Bateman probably starts. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the young freshman dual-threat quarterback that's been getting a lot of plug, will probably be in that game at some point as well. Maybe finish the game, maybe not. just depends on what happens. But Alabama's got two new running backs they need to come in with uh, to try to break through. But the offensive line's doing okay. They should be in good shape. I think over time they will wear them down. I think this game is going to be close, really for a half. Um, and then I think it just in time, the depth that Alabama will have – uh, will wear out USC. I see it being the experts. I think the point spreads anywhere from 10 points and above. I'm seeing it right there at about a 10 point, maybe eight point victory. Um, I don't think it gets in doubt for Alabama. Uh, I think it, later in the game, they will pull it out. But one thing they do is they know how to win these games and it's really no big. They've played eight of these in a row, first big games, and they've won them all. Not saying that's going to happen and that's going to be the record and it's always going to hold true, but they know how to prepare for it. USC is this is all they've been thinking about so they're going to give them their best they're going to give Bama their best this first game but again I think at the end Bama's just too talented uh and you know especially when it comes to depth and they should uh, take the Trojans by about 10 points or so well I'm going to take you one step further I think that uh it will be close for about a quarter and a half and then I think Alabama is going to win by two touchdowns when it's all over with because you, you hit two key points in my mind. One is the, is the depth. And when we say depth with a lot of teams, what we basically are saying is, hey, you know, they've, their starters are good, but, you know, they've got a pretty solid number two at every position. Well, Alabama, it's a different story. Alabama depth means their starters are five-star athletes and recruits, and their backups are five- and four-star recruits. And so every other team in the country, save maybe one or two, would take Alabama's number twos as their starters. And Alabama depth is just a different level. And uh, you're right, their defense 
I think will be as good, if not better, probably better than it was uh, last year. The one thing that I, and we'll talk about this later on with Alabama, is you did lose a lot in, in the leadership position there. You know, Kirby Smart's gone. Mel Tucker's gone. Glenn Schumann is gone. I don't think that will hurt them in this game because of the other key point you made about Nick Saban in these type of games. Nick Saban and Alabama don't lose these games. Uh, and typically, they're not even close in these games. These are the games that Alabama comes out and wins by 20 points, and everybody goes, oh, my gosh, they're just as good, if not better, as they were last year. So I'm going to double down and say I think it's going to be somewhat of an easy win for Alabama once we get to the second half. And uh, the running backs will run just like they always do. The offensive line will look great. The quarterback will not matter in this game. Alabama's defense is going to just put too much on USC and we'll be sitting here in the third quarter getting ready to flip the game to one of these ones later on we're about to talk about. Yeah, well, I think uh, with that said, let's move on down to the plains of Auburn, Alabama, as you have number two Clemson uh, taking on the the Auburn Tigers. Two Tigers going at it, so to speak. They'll start at 9 p.m. Saturday night, September 3rd. And for me – I want to, I'm interested on your take with this, but I definitely think I think this is where the SEC gets tripped up. What do you think on this game? Uh, I think this could get ugly before it's over with. I think that uh, the fact that this is the, the late game uh, doesn't help fans, or maybe in some ways it does help fans. I think by halftime most people are going to have turned this game off. Uh, Auburn has got so many question marks uh, even now just coming out that, that Sean White's going to be the quarterback. I, I just have seen him operate this offense, and it is the one word I, I think of of him running this offense is pedestrian. There's no threat really with him to run the ball. He is not going to outrun anyone. He's not going to be Nick Marshall and out-juke uh, people and run for 40 yards. I think if Auburn's in a quarterback situation where Sean White is their quarterback, then this offense is not going to be much better than it was last year. Now, the defense will be improved. Carl Lawson is back and we all know what Carl Lawson can do. Uh, the defense will be improved, but there's just not enough offense, no matter how fast they try to run this tempo. Clemson is just as good at tempo and they are uber talented all across the offense. Their defense is not going to be as strong as it was last year. I don't think at least right away. I think Clemson ends up winning this game by three touchdowns and it'll be over and done with by halftime. It's hard to it's really hard to disagree. I I don't see a situation unless something happens early. There's a turnover. Uh, obviously, the momentum uh, being home field is going to be there right at the beginning um, and get Auburn fired up. But I I just remember my my memory is Deshaun Watson against that Alabama defense last yeah. year, which was a great defense, and he just made them look average. Really, I mean, he was the team. And, yes, Auburn's got a better defense, and definitely Carl Lawson's going to be there to make a point. I think they will have some stops and whatnot, but I I agree with you. I just don't see them, you know, they get up a couple scores real quick. I think it's done. And, obviously, James Franklin III uh, coming in, you know, Florida State State transfer, uh, junior JUCO transfer uh, was supposed to come in, and I think he'll have some playing time, but him not beating out. And, again, could be a situation where they wanted the experience, uh, over over somebody new, and that's where we sit with Georgia and Alabama and other teams. But I believe in that Gus Malzahn's offense. I think everyone has figured him out. And if he doesn't have a running quarterback or a threat runner, it's just you you better have good you know skilled people on the ends. You better have a great running back there or a great quarterback that can drop it in on a dime. 
which right now none of the uh, Auburn Tiger quarterbacks have shown. And then you see the last two years with Auburn and, and, the, and uh, Malzahn's offense just kind of sputter. So I agree with you, man. I think this can get um, – unless something crazy happens, they're going to have to hope that Clemson is just not perfect at all. They're making mistakes. we got to turn over. we got to fumble. Fumble in their 10 short field for Auburn just to keep it close because I think once Clemson gets locked in and Deshaun Watson really gets locked in into the game, I, I just don't – I could see this easily being 21 points and, and over blowout. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I just don't see the Auburn Tigers um, really staying in this game. Well, you bring up a, a great point about Franklin at, at quarterback. I mean, let's go back and look at the two times that Gus Malzahn, whether as a, an assistant or as the head coach, has had great success with this offense. Well, that was with Cam Newton and with Nick Marshall. And what do those two guys have in common? It's great athleticism. Now, Cam and Nick were two completely different players, but they were both tremendous athletes, not great passers. But in that offense, they don't need to be. They need to be athletes and be a threat to run the football. Sean White is no threat to run the football. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not even worried about him keeping it. I, my linebackers are, are as fast as he is, and even if they get full, they can chase him down. So I don't see any way that, that Sean White is a quarterback for all four quarters of this game, especially if Clemson gets up. I think you're going to see James Franklin quickly. And then we'll have a little bit better idea of what that Auburn offense can do with an athlete running the controls. But I'm with you. I, I think it's a done deal. Clemson's going to win it easily. All right, so that wraps up the Saturday game. So we've got the SEC. We are in agreement of all the games. We've got them going three and one out of those four games. But let's move on to Monday night, September 5th. It's the only game in town. Very interesting. And it's in Orlando. And it's number 11, Ole Miss, taking on number four, Florida State. Uh, this is going to be – I think this is going to be a good game. A lot of people have Florida State chalked up, but um, I wouldn't count Ole Miss out on this. I'd like to just hear your opinion. What do you think on this one? I think that this is going to be a tremendous game. I think it will it'll rival that Georgia-UNC game as far as the overall quality. I think it will come down toward the end. But I'm going to go against what most people are picking and I'm going to go with the team that's got the more experienced quarterback. And in this case, that's Chad Kelly of Ole Miss. Uh, Florida State has got a little bit of experience with, with uh, McGuire coming back. But uh, that's really not who I expect to be leading this team, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season or at the end of the season. I think Florida State's got some questions at quarterback. I, don't, I think they're a little bit like Georgia. They're not sure who gives them the best option. Uh, there's no doubt that Dalvin Cook is incredibly talented, and the offense and defensive lines are very, very good. But I just feel at the end of the – in these big games, these cross-conference, big rivalry, national stage games, the cool and experience of your quarterback is what comes out on top. And I'm going to go with what I think will be a much better Ole Miss defense than people think. I don't think the Ole Miss offense will be as explosive as it was uh, last year because the offensive line is not what they were. But I think they'll score enough points, and the defense will put a tremendous amount of pressure onto whoever's quarterback in the Knowles. And I think it'll be a lower-scoring game. I don't think either team will score more than 20. And I can see it being Ole Miss by a field goal 20-17 to 17 late in that game. Nice. Nice. I tell you what, that's uh, everything you said there is is dead on, especially a quarterback. You just don't 
you cannot take for granted having an experienced quarterback. But I'm going to go against you on this one. I think basically it's a home field advantage for Florida State in Orlando. Now, I know recently Ole Miss has gotten a lot of big game experience playing in a couple of Sugar Bowls. They've beaten Alabama two years in a row. So they're starting to get used to the big games. But I just think I think it's outside things. I think it's distractions from the NCAA. Maybe not doesn't affect the gameplay, but I think there's just things going on there that are out of their control. Uh, recently, it was just announced that they're expanding, the NCAA is expanding their search for other recruits that went to other schools, giving those guys immunity to talk, which is not an uncommon thing. Uh, there was a big to-do about that. Uh, I just think they got a lot on their plate. So it can go one or two ways. They can take it as put a chip on my shoulder, we're going to take care of the Seminoles, or it could go the other way. I'm going to think it's going to go the other way. I do think it's going to be close, but I think overall talent, Ole Miss lost a lot on defense. Uh, they really did this past year in the draft or you know graduation, and I just think Florida State as a combined unit is too talented, and uh, I think Chad Kelly will end up making mistakes that will hurt him in that game. Well, Dan, I think you bring up some some really good points on the behalf of, of Florida State. I think these distractions for Ole Miss are could be a big factor. And so I think if Ole Miss is going to win this game, which, of course, as I said, I think they will, I think that both Hugh Freeze and Chad Kelly are going to have to handle this. I mean, they're the leaders of this team. They're going to have to keep this group focused. And they better have been doing it for the last several weeks because you're right, it's gotten pretty crazy with this investigation, and it's been you know going on ever since signing day. You remember the first time we talked about it on signing day. So I think that uh, I just expect those two guys to be able to handle it. I will say this. If Dalvin Cook goes off and Ole Miss can't stop him from running the football, then FSU will win this game. He is too talented, and he has the ability to just run for 200 yards. But I just expect their defense to put, to step up to the case, to step up to the cause, and uh, find a way to pull this game out. Well, it's definitely a pick 'em. Yeah, I think it's close. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what the point spread is on that, but obviously, you know, you and I, you know, that's the one we differ on. But I think it can go either way, definitely. So, and there's more games. Obviously, there's Texas A&M, UCLA. There's a bunch. I mean, nationally, there's some other great games as well. But we wanted to focus on these five. So we basically have we're the, we're the same way. We all think LSU is going to take care of business. Georgia, Alabama, and then Clemson. You know, uh, on that side of the house, and you and I split the Ole Miss, Florida State. A decision, but either way, it is going to be a fantastic day of college football. I can't even remember a bowl game day uh, with this many good games, so it's definitely going to be exciting. No, no doubt, and you made a mention at the beginning of the podcast about how this type of day makes you not want to go be at the games in person but sit at home in front of your TV. Well, that's my case. I had offered to go to the Georgia-North Carolina game. Uh, pretty good seats at face value, and uh, my final decision was made after looking at the entire slate of games and going, you know, Kirby's first game in the Dome would be awesome, but, man, look at what we could do all day long. So we chose to stay in front of the flat screen and eat our own food and not fight the parking and the traffic and all that uh, to enjoy what you might be right. I don't remember a one day with this many big-time games on it, so I'm looking forward to it. You cannot beat modern technology, man, when the no, bathroom's closed and the, uh, and, and the kitchen's closer. It's tough. Yep. It's something they have to fight. It's a legit issue, uh, but uh, I agree with you. I'm doing the same thing. I'm sitting in front of the flat screen, and it's going to be heavy football all day. It's definitely going to be exciting. 
So with that, let's wrap up uh, this podcast. And definitely enjoyed it, doing it with you, buddy. And something that you brought up, uh, rapid fire. So I'm gonna let you run with this, uh, and then I'll, then I'll come in with you. But something that you that you basically brought up, and uh, I think it's very interesting uh, about how we think uh, the SEC is going to end up looking. Yeah, well, you know, this time of year, everybody's doing their predictions. You know, we're not going to be any different. We'll have our predictions, but we'll put just a little bit of a spin on it. You know, everybody says, okay, who's going to win the SEC West? Who's going to win the SEC East? Who's going to win the Big 12, uh, Pac-12, uh, you know, all these different conferences? Who's going to be in the college football playoff? Well, you know, we could do that. We're going to do it just a little bit differently and focus just on the SEC. And uh, first, Dan, rapid fire will be, I want you to give me, who you think's going to win the SEC West? Who do you think is maybe a dark horse team to win the SEC West? And meaning, you know, that maybe not on the radar for everybody, but somebody who certainly has the ability to win that side of the conference. And then give me a surprise team for the SEC West that either is going to surprise people with how good they are or how bad they end up being. And we'll focus on the West first. So rapid fire, give me your winner, your dark horse, and your surprise team. All right, so winner is Alabama, shock. Um, it's just hard to bet against them until they lose it. I mean, it really is. I mean, people, uh, even national uh, writers out there are just giving up and saying, I'm going to – it's kind of the same with me. It's just until somebody else can prove it over the season, I just don't – you know, I'm, I'm picking them. It's the safe, easy pick, um, but I'm guilty as charged. Secondly, it's not really you know the runner-up, but – LSU. I mean, it's it's hard. The West is loaded, and I think Alabama LSU definitely takes uh, the top. Could it go either way? Sure, but I'm picking Bama. I'm staying with that. I just think at the end of the day, I don't trust what. Yeah, you know, I think Les Miles is going to get in trouble. Uh, I'm not saying trouble, but he's going to go back to what he knows, and he he's a stickler in a certain way of doing his offense, and that's fantastic. And he's won majority of his games, but he cannot win a game like Alabama had to do against Clemson if it gets 40 to 45. I mean, they're just not built that way unless they're going to show something new. Now, if they do that, this could be completely different. And for a dark horse, somebody's totally surprising out of the West, I'm taking Arkansas. I think the Razorbacks are a throwback team in the West, um, and – you know, Bielema was close. He went. They lose just dumb games. I think Toledo last year. I mean, just just things at the beginning of the season. But they give Alabama a run. They beat Ole Miss in a crazy um, overtime. Uh, you know, bounce goes. You know, the ball bounces the right way and actually put Bama into the uh, into the to the um, the conference game with Ole Miss losing. Uh, but that's mine. I think it's Bama, LSU, and then Arkansas for the dark horse. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to kind of be a little bit different than you, and, and I am going to go out on a limb with who I think the winner is. I, I thought as well, like I'm sure everyone else has, that well, can you really pick against Bama? And I just personally think if there's a year where Bama won't do it, I have to look at a year where on offense there's a, a quarterback instability, which, of course, they've had a couple of two previous years, but they've had a lot of stability around that. But this year, you got quarterback instability. You've got new offensive linemen. You've got new running backs. And then really the biggest thing for me is you lose two of your coaches on the defensive side and really a behind-the-scenes coach in Glenn Schumann, who a lot of people attribute as the genius behind this Alabama defense. I think if there's a year where Alabama trips up, it's this year. They lose a whole lot. And I think that, again, as you said, the West is loaded. There's too many landmines out there. I just think if I'm going to pick a year to pick against them, it's this year. So with that said, my winner is going to be LSU for the SEC West. 
I just feel like that Cameron will have enough of an impact on Miles. I'm counting on Miles to have woken up with all of this junk that happened to him last year. And I think that there's just too much Leonard Fournette, too much size and athleticism along the offensive and defensive lines. So I'm picking LSU and a little bit of a stunner maybe to, to win the SEC West. Now, my, my dark horse team for the SEC West is, is Arkansas. I, I agree with you there. I say that, you know, Arkansas is so close in so many ways, and sometimes I want to think that, you know, Bilema is just a, a clown. I mean, he can't get out of his own way. He's a, a, a rock star. He's much more of a showman than he is a coach. But by golly, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's taken too many good programs or too many programs to a good and even better level. I think you got to watch out for Arkansas. If Bama and LSU end up beating themselves up and somebody else trips one of those guys up, Arkansas could be that team that's lying in the weeds to jump in there and get to go to Atlanta. Uh, in December. Now, my surprise team, and I alluded to it a second ago, is really Alabama. I think if anybody said that I was going to pick against Alabama, that would be a surprise. I think they're just going to stumble. I think they've got two losses uh, on their bill in the SEC, one of which will be to LSU, and it'll be that other one that ends up tripping them up because I do think that LSU will have a loss as well. But Bama's going to trip up somewhere along the way, and, and they're not going to make it to Atlanta, in my opinion. So that's my picks for the West. Now, Dan, let's move to the East, and you give me your winner, your dark horse candidate that could win it, and then your surprise team that will be either better or worse than people think for the East. Well, for the winner, I am going to – I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. I wow. think – I think, you know, Rick didn't – they're not void of talent. I mean, they won 10 games last year. It's hard to imagine that. You don't feel like they did. Um, but they did. You know, they pulled out that uh, the bowl win and got the 10th win there. Uh, they just don't win the right games. You know, the, the problem with, with what happened to Rick over time was just perception. They get hyped up for these big games and get destroyed. You know, you just can't do that. You know, and Georgia, and it, it is, it's is very true, Georgia should always be a top 10 team, really a top five team, but definitely a top 10 team. The talent's just too much there. You know, there's too much talent. And I think Kirby's going to be able to reel in some of that. I think what's going to happen here is this. I think, and this is not going out on a limb with Georgia, I think you're going to have um, you know, Eason come in at some point during the season and take over. I think Chubb's only going to get healthier uh, as it goes on. you got Tony Michelle. The arm thing, that should not be lingering. Maybe the first game, but we saw it with Kenyon Drake last year he, with Alabama. He had the exact same injury, came right back. Obviously, he was out for the time, but once he came back, it really didn't slow him down, and I expect that. So, I think Georgia will be clicking, and uh, the tight ends, and you'll have to help me on the tight ends, but I think the tight ends will be back for Georgia, and they got that freshman. And, and Dave, you're going to have to tell me who it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Isaac Nauta. Yes. I think that Eason to Nauta is going to be a common theme, um, which will get them passed uh, uh, for that. So I think the winner is Georgia. I think they'll meet Bama in the uh, the SEC championship game. What's my next one again? I'm sorry. Forgive me. What's uh, my your next? dark horse team that you think maybe other people aren't picking to win the East, but you could see a scenario where they end up going to Atlanta and representing the East. Well, Dave, I think my dark horse team is the Florida Gators. And the reason is, is defense. Uh, they have a legit defense. They lost some guys last year, but they are still good. I mean, McIlwain won on defense last year. They were horrible offensively, but still won the East. And, you know, they have Luke Del Rio, Alabama uh, transfer, uh, starting quarterback. Uh, we'll see how he does. I'm not sure. Obviously, he won the job and he impressed the coaches enough. I mean, McIlwain can get the Gators ready to play. 
And defensively, they're going to be in every game. You know, here's the thing about Florida. You know, can Georgia stop freaking out and losing to Florida when they shouldn't? Can Tennessee stop losing to Florida when they've got fourth quarter leads how many times in a row and blow it? You know, but that's where I think uh, for a dark horse, I think the Gators could be back in there. So it could be the Gators, um, you know, as that dark horse team in the East. All right. Now, give me that surprise team, you know, something that, you know, nobody's talking about and they're either uh, or it's somebody that everybody is talking about. And you think they're going to be a lot worse. Either somebody's going to be a lot better or a lot worse than what people think. Well, I think it's going to be you have to say Tennessee, the volunteers. I mean, talent wise, they are there. Uh, supposedly, I mean, we've heard the same story three or four years in a row, but I think it's legit. I mean, they gave Alabama all they can handle last year. Uh, they should have beat Florida last year. They probably should have been in the championship game against Alabama last year. And Josh Dobbs is a good quarterback. You know, my question with Tennessee and why it's more of a, you know, kind of surprise pick, whatnot, is that with Josh Dobbs, it was an interesting stat, is that last year's games – he starts hot. He's at 62% pass, passing uh, rate, um, you know, pass completion percentage in the first quarter. And then every quarter after, it got worse. Hmm. So is that, you know, is that the player getting worse? Is that Butch Jones, the coach, not able to adjust to what the defenses adjust to? So obviously when the game is scripted, you know, you just assume he's on fire. You know, is that something that he can, can break and as a team they can break? And finish close games. They had Oklahoma beat last year, and they lost to them. I mean, it was just, you know, some. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, it's just got to drive you crazy. But they could easily, I mean, get past Georgia, get past Florida, and they're there. But um, that would be my other team there. And it's not kind of out in the left field. But, again, at the end of the day, I think the dogs get it done. I just think the other two teams have enough deficiencies, and they don't know how to win um, is what's going to keep them out of the East Championship. Hmm. Well, I echo a lot of things you say. I think that if uh, Tennessee doesn't get it done this year, uh, Butch Jones is done. I mean, the, the, that group is not known to be a patient fan base. And when you look at the monumental collapses they had last year and uh, all the expectations preseason ranked number nine, the overall vast majority of, of both the media and the fans all expect them to win the SEC East and then maybe even really challenge for the whole title in Atlanta. Uh, I, for whatever reason, think that this year, probably because the rest of the East has got so many question marks, I think this is the year Tennessee gets it done. I've got them picked to win the East, and as a, you know, that pains me to do it. But uh, I just think that, that you got Jalen Hurd, uh, you got Josh Dobbs, and you've got a very talented defense. And I think that, that everything they faced last year, they will find a way to overcome this year. But I agree with you. If they find a way not to get it done this year, boy, that you do not want to be involved in that coaching staff come firing time at the end of the year because they'll all be gone. But for the record, I am picking the volunteers to be the winner. My dark horse on the East is the Georgia Bulldogs. And and why is a dark horse? I think uh, a lot of people picked them, you know, to, to win it. Some people, most people thought, okay, maybe it's Florida, maybe it's Georgia. Um, I just think that this is a Kirby Smart type of, of situation. Uh, I think he brings a steadying rock, steady rock solid approach uh and he brings the process i guess is what i'm really trying to say so much with mark rick was uh you know up and down roller coaster let's do this let's do that and then they fall flat on their face and i think that kirby has been preaching the process from day one 
And the goal will not be to make it to Atlanta. The goal will not be to win a national championship. It'll be to get better every day. And then there's their slogan. They're using win the day. I think that I would not be surprised at all if Georgia found a way to win this. Uh, they will need to win one of those two games, either at, uh, at home against Tennessee or in the Gator Bowl uh, against Florida. Uh, they will both be difficult games. I, I, I you know, worry that Georgia will lose that Ole Miss game on the road in Ole Miss. So Georgia is not going to be able to make it with, with uh, more than two losses. Um, but with if they can get by with just one SEC loss, I think they'll win a round-robin type of comparison. They could be the represented from the East. But uh, uh, they're my dork horse. I would pick Tennessee to win it all. My surprise team is going to be Vanderbilt. Uh, I have become a more believer in Derrick Mason than I started to. And I think that he is building a, a, a culture that's different than what James Franklin was building there. Most people could care less about Vanderbilt. But I think that what he's building is, is, is more of a mental, tough, uh, grinded out type of, of team there that is mentally tough, physically tough on both sides of the football. Uh, very much how things were at Stanford, you know, not flashy but just pound you and pound you and pound you. And I think that type of approach has the ability to trip somebody up like a Florida or a Georgia or a Tennessee. So you could see that Vandy, while they're not going to represent the East in Atlanta, they could be a cause for somebody else not making it. So Vandy's my surprise team. Overall, and I'll finish with this, Dan, and I'll get your answer, um, who wins the entire SEC? No matter who it is in Atlanta, you've got Alabama and Georgia. I've got LSU and Tennessee. In your opinion, who wins the SEC championship? Well, out of those two teams, I'm going to take Bama, and I'm going to cop out. I think any West team that's in there is going to beat the East team. I just don't think. I think there's still enough discrepancy, whether it's LSU, whether it's Alabama, whether it's whoever. I just don't think. I think when it comes to that game, um, the West team uh, winner is just more, I won't say more experienced, but they are playing tougher competition just at this moment on that side of the division. I like the Western team. In this scenario, it would be Alabama for me. Well, I'm I still, I'm still, I'm still I'm not shocked, but the Vanderbilt, man, that's a great call. Great call on that. Well, I, I agree with you on your comparison there. I obviously have LSU winning the West, and I would have them beating uh, Tennessee. I would also have them beating Georgia or beating Florida. No matter who ended up coming out of the East, uh, I would have LSU beating all of them. I would also have uh, Alabama beating all of them. The interesting thing would be if Arkansas, is the one that comes out of the West, then does that change things? Or if it's A&M somehow, does that change things? And I think for me it does. I think whether it's LSU or, or Alabama, both of those teams would beat an East team. I think if it ended up being Ole Miss or Texas A&M or Arkansas, then maybe my opinion, my opinion is not the same. Well, I agree with that. That's a good That's a good point. If it's not Alabama-LSU, I think it's definitely a closer game. And listen, anything can happen. All these teams are talented. I mean, it's just – but it's just – Right now, I just on paper, I can't see, especially with the Alabama LSUs against anybody. I just think they're going to have the advantage on that. But uh, great stuff, Dave. I know one thing is we're just ready for some college football. I just <laughs> love talking with you about it. And uh, I know you and I will get back on this uh, and do a lot more podcasts. And uh, we appreciate everybody joining out there. You got any final thoughts? No, I, I think that overall, I think this could be, I'll leave you with this little nugget. I think this could be a year where the SEC could get either two teams in or they could get no teams in. I think that when you look at the the rest of the nation with your Michigans, your Ohio States, your Michigan States, your uh, Stanford, your uh, you know Oklahoma, your Clemson, your Florida State, there's enough good teams out there that if they don't stumble, 
the SEC could get locked out of this championship if if you end up with a two-loss LSU or a two-loss Bama winning the SEC championship or even a, a one-loss Tennessee, I could see getting left out of the national championship. So what would happen around these parts if an SEC champion did not make the, the college football playoff? That would be bedlam. Dave, we appreciate all the, your insight there, and I just can't wait uh, to watch these games and, and just the season in general, and you and I to continue to discuss it. And I want to thank everybody who joined us on the podcast. Please check out our website at dmvreport.com, where you are smothered and covered in everything college football. Until next time, make every day be your national championship day.